Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, today's podcast is about worry. I'm sure that this is something that we all have in common. I bet if I asked you to write down all of the things that you worry about, you could easily fill up pages and pages with your worries. I know I could. As Christians, we are encouraged not to worry. Padre Pio tells us, pray, hope, and don't worry. In Philippians, Paul tells us, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. St. Francis reminds us, do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same loving Father who cares for you today will care for you tomorrow and every day. Either He will shield you from suffering or He will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginings. Now, all of these are beautiful and inspirational reminders to trust in God. But it's not quite that easy, right? We live in a world where there is plenty to worry about. The rise and fall of COVID cases, politics, division and religion, the choices our children make, the health of our family, the stability of our country, race relations, Did I say the right thing to my friend at work? What if I lose my job? Now, the one thing about worries is that one worry usually leads to another and then another and then another. It is easy to get caught in a worry spiral. Let me give you an example. One of my favorite movies is Twister with Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. I think it came out in the late 90s. It is one of those movies that I can watch over and over again. In the movie, Helen and Bill's characters are storm chasers who are trying to put their tornado instrument, Dorothy, in the path of a tornado so that they can collect data data in order to be better able to predict storms. They get Dorothy, which is filled with round flying sensors in the desired location, the path of the tornado. Thousands of sensor balls are sucked up into the wind funnel in a spiral as they go round and round collecting data. Those little flying sensors are similar to how we worry. We usually don't worry about just one thing, but lots of things. Like I said, one worry tends to lead to another and another, and before we know it, we are in a worry spiral. Our brain is being bombarded with lots of worry data. 
Worry is usually unconscious. You may not even realize it until you feel bad. The thing about being in a worry spiral is that all you can see are the worries surrounding you. You can't see beyond the storm. Here are three lies the enemy wants us to believe about worrying. Number one, worrying will help me solve my problems. As a mom, there have been countless times over the past 32 years that I have worried about my children. There have been many sleepless nights as I tossed and turned in bed playing out scenarios in my brain about what could happen. In the middle of the night, when things are quiet and dark, my brain can go crazy creating the worst-case scenarios. I have found myself lying in bed crying and feeling terrible about things that haven't even happened and chances are never will happen. Yet my brain thinks that they will happen. So many times in the light of the day, everything is okay and the worries from the night before seem silly and unrealistic. Can you relate? I bet you can. Worry is always future-focused. It is like you're going into the future and borrowing problems. You bring future scenarios into your present life. Now, you do have to be prepared and think about things in the future, but that's different than worrying. When you are weighing different scenarios in the future, you are able to look at them with an open mind and see all of the possibilities and options that could occur. Most of the time when you worry, your brain can only see the absolute worst-case scenario. Remember that worry funnel we talked about earlier? All right, the second lie is, it is my job to worry. As parents, many of us wear worry like a badge of honor. We are supposed to worry, right? If we don't worry, then we can't control and fix everything that could happen. Worry is how we prevent bad things from happening, right? When you find yourself worrying, it is a warning flag that needs our attention. Oftentimes, we have to peel back the layers of worry to see what is really behind it. What you will usually find is that you are trying to control everything and everyone. Your worry stems from not being able to keep your family safe, prevent tragedies from happening, or stop your worst-case scenarios from playing out. Now, we know that we do not have control over things that happen. We can be proactive and we can take action, but we can't control every situation. Number three, I can't help it. Worry just happens. Each day you have 50 to 60,000 thoughts bouncing around in your head. Worries are thoughts in your brain. So you could have many worries throughout the day. But just because your brain has a thought, it doesn't mean you have to act on it. Like I've shared before, you only recognize 5 to 10% of the thoughts in your brain. You might find yourself feeling bad, exhausted, or down without realizing all of the worries that are creating those feelings. To me, worry is like a fly that gets in your house. Somehow it sneaks in unnoticed when you open the door. The fly then buzzes around your house constantly in your path. That tiny black bug can be annoying and loud, especially when it gets up close and personal. The worst is when the flies multiply and you have several flying around. Do you see the connection between the fly and worries? We are annoyed, they distract us from what's going on, and we find ourselves obsessed with swatting them and the hopes that we can get rid of them. 
So we've uncovered the lies about worry. What do we do about them? Here are three steps to help you reduce your worries. Step number one, expose them for the lies that they are. When you find yourself worrying, stop and write down everything that you are worried about. Take a deep breath and write it all out, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't hold back. The goal is to empty your brain. As you do this, allow yourself the grace to write what is on your mind without judging your worries. When you have your list complete, ask yourself these questions. First, and most importantly, have I shared my worries with God? Do I surrender them to Him, or do I keep trying to take control of the outcome? While it sounds obvious, prayer is often the last thing we do. How many times do we spend countless hours worrying without ever asking for God's help? When we finally do turn to Him, how often is it only because we've reached the end of our rope? I want to read to you one of my favorite scripture passages from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus calms the storm. That day when evening came, He said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, the disciples knew Jesus. They had walked with him as he taught and performed miracles. Yet in that boat, in the middle of the storm, they felt worry fear, and anxiety. To me, this is so comforting that even the disciples would fall prey to worry. But they avoided the worry spiral by going directly to the source. They woke up Jesus and shared their worries. Jesus assured them that all they need is faith. A relationship with Christ offers us the same assurance. Step number two, awareness. Once you have your worries on paper, you can begin to get to the root of the problem. You can examine the thoughts or beliefs that create worry. Here are some examples. All or nothing thinking. You tend to look at things as black or white without another option. You might have thoughts like, if everything is not perfect, then I'm a total failure. The next kind of thought is a sweeping assumption. These occur from a negative experience. We make it mean that it will always be true. For example, I didn't get hired for the job, so I will never get any job. Or this is a common one that I heard as a teacher. My child failed their first grade spelling test, so they will never get into college. The next kind of thought is a negative focus. You focus on everything that is going wrong, so you aren't able to see the many things that are going right. For example, I said the wrong thing at the party. I'm sure that everyone thinks I'm rude. The last kind we're going to talk about is 
being a mind reader and thinking that you know what others are thinking without any evidence. For example, I forgot to pack my son's cleats for practice. I can tell that all the other moms on the team think that I am a loser mom. Can you relate to any of these thoughts? So as I was writing this podcast, another thought that kept coming up is expecting the other shoe to drop at any moment. And I began to wonder, where did this originate? Why do we have that saying in our culture? So I went to the Google and I want to share with you what I found. A common experience of living in an apartment or other similar style housing in New York City during the manufacturing boom in the late 19th and early 20th century, apartments were built similar in design with one's bedroom under another's. Thus, it was normal to hear a neighbor removing shoes and hearing them hit the floor. As one shoe made a sound hitting the floor, the expectation for the other shoe to make a similar sound was created. So how many times in your life have you had a negative situation and then you automatically expect more and more negative things to happen? An example of this kind of thought might be, I lost my job, so I'm probably going to lose my house and everything I own. Now, we believe that the way we feel is the absolute truth. We believe that there is no other option with our thoughts. So I'm going to give you some ways and some questions that you can challenge these thoughts. I would ask yourself, do you have any evidence that they are true? How else could you look at the situation? Could you put on possibility glasses and look at the situation from a different perspective? Ask yourself, do I have any control over this situation? If the answer is no, how does worrying even help you? If the answer is yes, even if there's a tiny bit What can I do to take an action or to step out of the worry spiral? So many times, worry keeps us stuck in our place. We're afraid to move out of it because we're afraid to make the wrong decision. The only way we know if a decision is right or wrong is when we make the decision and move forward. Another way that you could look at this is to ask yourself, if a friend came to you and shared the same worry, What advice would you give them? All right, step number three, take action. Once you create an awareness around the worry, you will begin to uncover the origins of the worry and how to approach it. Most worries happen in the dark. If you're like me in the middle of the night when things are quiet, but they also happen in the darkness of our mind. We keep them tucked out of sight, afraid to share them with anyone, including God. God says in Ephesians 5.11, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. When we are facing worries, we are usually riding solo. When we are in a worry spiral, we are leaving out God. Like I said before, 
We are borrowing trouble from tomorrow or pain and suffering from our past and bringing it into our present moment. The problem is that we think we can solve the problem. We are relying on our wisdom and our power rather than turning the situation over to God. Like the disciples in the storm, they knew the answer was asleep in the boat. They only needed to wake him. Like the disciples, Jesus is waiting on you to call on him. Let us pray. Lord, we give you all of our worries. We give you the big ones and the small ones. Like the disciples, we know that Jesus is sleeping in the boat beside us. Help us to remember that all we have to do is call on you. We know that you are present in the storms of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, friends, until next time, stay happy, healthy, and holy. 